Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. I really enjoyed this episode and I think you're going to as well. I got the chance to chat with Aaron Hale, who is a military veteran and um, unfortunately lost his eyesight in Afghanistan in an IED explosion. Um, and the adversity doesn't stop there. It, he, um, several years later, also lost his hearing. So um, we'll get into how that all happened, why that all happened, um, and how he's dealt with it, the lessons he's learned. Um, obviously his life is significantly different now than it was prior to all of that, but, um, through all of it, he's managed to persevere and, um, I think emerge with a, a sense of humor and a sense of, you know, purpose and a sense of respect for life and a sense of service. And, uh, what, what he's doing now is he's, um, running, he and his wife uh, started a, a fudge company called Extraordinary Delights, where they make uh, desserts and fudge and, and things. And that's gone well. And then he's also um, taken a lot of those profits and put that into real estate. So uh, they have a portfolio of rental properties, it sounds like, both short-term and long-term rentals in Ohio. And then separately, he's gone on to uh, open a uh, flipping and and uh, a wholesaling business with his his friend in Florida and the Pensacola area in Florida. So he's got a lot going on, needless to say. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those, if he can do this and pull out lessons and, and just, and, and make the most of things. In fact, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you just listen to his story. He he's, he's a runner, he's a rock climber, he's a kayaker. I mean, I just don't know what my excuse is after listening to this super inspirational episode. He's a really funny guy, and um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And I, I just want to thank Aaron for taking the time to uh, chat with us and impart his wisdom and uh, inspire all of us. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. 
Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I am super excited today to have Aaron Hale uh, with us, spending some time with us today. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Jamie? Doing well. Um, Aaron is the owner of uh, Extraordinary Delights, excuse me, uh, a fudge company and uh, chocolate company and he's also a real estate investor and um, we're going to get into that and uh yeah and you've got a pretty crazy backstory i heard you on another podcast as i as i told you aaron and i was like i gotta i've gotta get that that guy on my show um you've already been cracking jokes uh before we hit record with see if you're, you've already i'm supposed to get you relaxed and you've already got me relaxed for the show so um <laughs> nice nice work we did the uh the buddy check already so so we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Aaron, uh, tell the tell the listeners out there who you are and what you're up to today. Uh, well, I'm a, uh, a former Navy cook turned Army bomb technician, and I was was injured in 2011. Since then, I've become a mountain climber, whitewater kayaker, ultra endurance runner, and I'm up. Uh, owner of a couple businesses, one being Extraordinary Delights, a um, confection company focusing on, on mostly on fudge. And uh, from that, we, we, we kind of turned our, you know, the profits, you know, the income from the, uh, the fudge company towards mm -hmm. real estate. That's awesome. So now I know you just finished up a, a, uh, a virtual race as well. That's that, that's pretty cool. Um, so you you've got a little more time on your hands today. You told me uh, because that finished up yesterday. But I'm curious, generally speaking, what's a typical day look like for you uh, today? Typically, I uh, I get up and um, about about five thirty or so and roused the. Um, the three man cubs have got a uh, mm -hmm. uh, 11 year old boy and, and two identical twin toddler boys, uh, three years each. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> identi <laughs> ident identical because they, you know, I didn't, I shouldn't be the only one that's confused. And <laughs> so I wrestle them into uh, their, their clothes and get them ready for mom to get them all out the door. By seven seven thirty or so, I'm usually on the treadmill, you know, in my home gym working out. But uh, then it's you know, my home office where I uh, mm -hmm. do do the admin work for uh, extraordinary delights and okay. the uh, the real estate business. Okay, in our, in our portfolio. Nice. So you're you work from home. You're not. Uh, physically making the the extraordinary delights so you're you're doing more of the admin stuff and and working at a at a desk for the most part uh yeah for the most part i also do speaking engagements and, and some travel uh throughout the the year yeah but um yeah uh, i work and live at home 
And (laughs) running is one of those things that keeps me from being a complete hermit. Got it. Okay. No, I mean, and obviously we're going to dive into your backstory here and, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's so impressive if it's one of those where you know if if you're able to do all this you know what's my excuse (laughs) and what's what's anybody else's excuse at least that's my take going into this um so let's dive into your backstory you can pick it up you know wherever you'd like um and then we'll we'll kind of bring it walk through up until the present time um you know, obviously things change. You mentioned 2011. Is that where you'd like to pick it up? I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, before then, you know, transitioning from Navy cook to Army of Bomb Tech was a, a bit of a course correction. I tell people I uh, got my first k- kill with an egg roll. Then I decided to start saving lives instead. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I'd been a been a you know a Navy cook for uh eight years uh, most okay. of that spent in or at least half of that was spent in italy stationed in italy cooking for the uh commander of the sixth fleet uh three-star admiral and okay. it was absolutely incredible um i got to uh tour around the the mediterranean uh with the the, you know, with the flagship and to see you know, so many countries in europe and come back home to italy for four years uh i did just i learned the language learned the, the the culture and the cuisine everything was amazing but you know you know in this was about 2004 2005 and mm-hmm. both we had both wars kicking mm-hmm. off yep you know, I'm growing up in a pretty, you know, in this Ohio suburbs, right? Okay. And I had enough natural talent and ability to kind of, you know, get by without, sure. you know, without having to do, we put in a whole lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, wasn't an A student by any, by any means, mm-hmm. but I could get by uh mostly uh smile and bs but um <laughs> uh when i got to co- when i got to college um you know all those people with the strong work ethic you know <laughs> quickly passed me by <laughs> uh, and um this all-american slacker needed a different path and that was what the military was for you know i joined the military one to get the college tuition back um yeah and and also to to learn that the strong work ethic those core values that i was was kind of you know i admired but didn't really have so uh in that time though as i was i was i was i was getting promoted i was getting i was i was learning um you know how to how to you know be a stronger me but along the way it became less about me and more about the service, about others, mm-hmm. about a team, and mm-hmm. and it was it was more of those external values. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I was on the the, the flagship, I was yes, I was serving my my country. I was doing my duty, but I was also really just you know cooking and watching uh, watching the war on. Fox and CNN. So right. um, I wanted to do something you that was a little more, more, a little more yeah. direct. Sure. And 
and what are my 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 talents and my skills and my you know passion for service and that all of that i wanted to put yeah. it to the best use so i i switched uniforms and jobs and became an explosive ordnance disposal technician the military's bomb squad yeah okay yeah so i told you before we hit record i was in the army as well and um so i have some experience dealing with with eod um and uh so now what when was this that you switched over to the army i joined the army in uh 2008 okay and trained up at eglin air force base just down the road from me now okay. and um about just over a year of just constant training to be a soldier and then to become an EOD technician. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. Of, yeah, that's a lot of training, right? Just for the bomb specific training. And then yeah. I uh, was sent to Fort Drum, upstate New York, and yeah. deployed to Iraq in 2010. And then, uh, in 2011 i was i was sent to afghanistan okay uh, by that by that time i was a team leader so i'm the the guy uh on a eod team that actually gets in the bomb suit and goes downrange on these mm -hmm. explosives mm -hmm. so all those car bombs uh suicide vests yeah unexploded ordnance all the like landmines and bombs that uh just don't go off for one reason or another uh anything that goes boom that's what we do yeah it's a little a little bit different than your navy cook experience it sounds like and so obviously you know the the title of the podcast from adversity to abundance so um uh, you know certainly going through training in the military has its it's a level of adversity i guess so it's, I mean, you know, maybe the listener is thinking we've already covered your adversity but <laughs> i think it, it things uh took quite a turn in in um 2011 it sounds like for you so let's get into kind of what occurred um in, in this particular incident it was about eight months into this one year deployment and i'd just come back from uh, by two weeks of R&R, &R. Uh, mm -hmm. I got, got, to, got to see the whole family for Thanksgiving. I got to see my my firstborn turn one. It was awesome. It was so great. It was the, I call it my mm -hmm. my my last last page in the photo album. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was wonderful. It was mm -hmm. great images. Uh, but then I, I was back on the battlefield. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, on my way back out to our, our small command outpost, where mm -hmm. uh, my team was uh, was uh, serving uh, the Cav Scouts out there, and uh, I we were in a convoy, not even on duty. We we're in like a supply convoy, and the, the convoy leader called back and said, "EOD, there's something on the road ahead." So, mm -hmm. you know, got to work through the luggage oh. off the the robot, threw the robot out the truck, and uh, same thing we've been seeing for a long time was a pressure plate and a jug full of homemade explosives and mm -hmm. the, the 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 robot did its job but i jumped out to go get the evidence and mm -hmm. just dispose of the rest about 20 meters from the original there was a secondary device that hadn't been discovered mm -hmm. that's gotcha. the one that got me the explosion punted me into the air uh, i landed on my my knees and elbows i was still conscious but the lights wow. went up and i 
I, I needed I, like I didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, mm-hmm. There often there's some kind of a complex like some ambush sometimes. Uh, sure. and they did start taking pot shots after that, so I right. needed to get back in the fight. I uh, reached up to fix. I thought my helmet had gotten pushed over my face, so okay. I reached up, reached up to grab to the reset helmet. That right, right, yep. And the helmet was gone, and then that's when I realized, like, oh no, this something's really wrong here. This is bad, right? My first sergeant's going to kill me for losing equipment, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it and, was, yeah, gotcha. And it was within you know a couple of minutes. My my team had dragged me back to safety. Uh, the medevac chopper was on its way, and I was heading to Kandahar, then to Lansdowne, and then right back to the United States that I had just left days before. Wow. Um, I was at there, Walter Reed in Bethesda, blind. Uh, The the bomb had taken both my eyes. It uh, it cracked my skull in a few places where I was was actually uh, leaking spinal fluid right out of my nose. Um, It blew out both my eardrums, but I still had my sense of hearing. It was Mm. just perforated eardrums. Okay. And, and, you know, the, the cuts and scrapes and burns. But uh, sitting there in that that hospital bed, yeah. thinking, yeah, what's going what's going through your mind at that point? I was thinking, you know, I was angry. I was I was I was, I was depressed. I was angry. I was so I was mad at the Taliban. I was mad at uh, the Afghans for not being able to take care of themselves. I was mad at the president and my command, my team mm. that didn't catch this thing. I was mad at everybody, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly I was just. Was mad at myself uh, mm. for letting for letting it happen. For letting this happen. So just just dive into that for a minute. What? what why were you mad at? Your, how did you let it happen? I mean, how, why were you? We're mad at it? we're just, we're just highly. This is like the, the this is the the strongest uh, military force that's ever been created on the planet sure. Earth. Yeah, and I'm this uh, this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the guy who runs into danger when everybody else runs away. Mm-hmm. I've been training and working for years before mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Just, it, I mean, it was the same thing we've been doing for mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And it got under my, you know, got past me. Got it. Uh, and it's just, you know, you, you, logically, mm-hmm. you know that the job is is dangerous. There is sure. no safe operation. Right. But emotionally, I just, I couldn't forgive myself. And I kept thinking, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I'm capable. I, I've been doing this. I know this right. job. I know this AO, but mm. I was yeah. mad. So, and, and, uh, you know, I guess, how long were you in the in the hospital for and and how did your mindset change over that time while you're while you were in the hospital well it didn't take me long to mm-hmm. shift mindset mm-hmm. uh, I, between my my upbringing and my experience in the military and my training and, mm-hmm. and my incredibly supportive family and my you know, my actual family and my military family, mm-hmm. I, I I stopped thinking about what I've lost or what I couldn't do, mm-hmm. and 
I started thinking about, you know, those other warriors up and down these halls at, uh, mm-hmm. at Walter Reed, and all of them are going through their own battles. Yeah. And I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a mm-hmm. soldier, I'm a sergeant, you know, I'm an EOD technician, and mm-hmm. I I have these responsibilities. Like, my life yeah. doesn't belong to me. <laughs> That's and, really, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that is the crux of, I mean, this podcast, it really is, is, is just a matter of, I mean, we've had many guests on with very different stories and everything, but the, the, really the, the, the constant theme is, is that shift from, you know, focusing on yourself to focusing on others and your, and like you just said, your responsibility to those others. So that's, that's really, we, I certainly don't want to pretend this happened in five minutes or that was an easy process. I'm not, I'm not, you know, indicating that in any way, but um, it, it just, that's a constant theme that we've, that I've heard through, you know, from, from all the guests. Um, and, and certainly I've had no one on that that's been through what you've been through. Um, but that's okay. So you're, you're looking around and, and it's no longer, at least as much about yourself. It's more about others. It sounds like. So, yeah, I, uh, I just, I, I took the focus off of me. Yeah. Like, I, I decided, it, it, like you said, it, it's not an easy process, right, but right. the transition, once I looked at it from a different perspective, happened very quickly Hmm. i just started started asking instead of why is this happening to me why is this happening for me Hmm. and then what can i do rather than what can't i do Mm -hmm. okay and and i like to use a metaphor from my job uh as a uh, bomb tech is it Mm -hmm. we're given these like each three-person team is given this huge shipping container full of tools bomb suits robots you know you name it to to battle to, you know to, to counteract and defuse everything from little bullets to nuclear weapons and everything in between so we get out to you know the battlefield and we're given this armored truck it's not nearly the size of the shipping container and we got to kind of triage what we're going to bring with us that we'll, mm-hmm. we'll most likely encounter on the battlefield mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got to leave some leave some tools behind, and uh, in Afghanistan, we found that our missions were on these goat trails, and it mm-hmm. doesn't we couldn't take our vehicles anywhere. So uh, mm-hmm. we had to pack on our backs and go dismounted on foot you know, on these wow. missions. So we left pretty much all of our mm-hmm. tools behind, and we had ropes, carabiners you know grappling hooks wow. block blocks of c4 and you know our creativity our training <laughs> our team all the other assets on the battlefield uh-huh. uh and you know just our imagination to make sure we did the same mission uh and we, we followed it through to completion so mm-hmm. you can't just say oh i left the tool behind i'll, I'll be right back we <laughs> right yeah you've made it you've made a decision and it's it's it, there's no going back at least for that that particular mission or that you know time period. And there's, n- there's no such thing as mission failure so right. uh in fact it was at um uh his book call sign chaos uh general mattis i love okay. what he yep. said you know in the marines 
things being hard was never a good excuse for mission failure. Hmm. And I took that Mm -hmm. to heart. So I was in there Mm -hmm. at the hospital going, if I'm going to be blind for the rest of my life, I'm going to be the best, I'm going to be the best damn blind person I can be. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's what I did. I got to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only spent, I spent about a month and a half okay. at Walter Reed. And okay. that was to just to repair, you know, parts of my face. Um, mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they're, they're doing prosthetic arms and limb, you know, li- legs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully for me, um, my the, the blast had only hit me from about the neck up it only hit me in the head which is like you know for us hails is the perfect spot um, <laughs> it's the highest area of, area of highest density um <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> but i was virtually untouched from uh the neck down so what there at walter ray they really had nothing for me uh so i got sent down to augusta georgia to the va hospital there to it's one of the uh, blind rehabilitation centers that blind school and just you know for about six months i learned Mm -hmm. how to use the cane uh accessibility tools like my computer and my phone and and all all sorts of stuff living skills you know daily life skills and you would be I had to learn so many simple uh, things you would think would be uh, yeah. so simple. And you don't right. even think about um, when you're blind, right. uh, how are you going to do that? Like how much, how do I figure out how much toothpaste to put on my brush or right, how, right. The, how the hell do I keep my socks paired? Uh, so, um, yeah, I, and, and I hesitate to in, insert this and people make fun of me for bringing this up. Cause I, you know, <laughs> because it's, so, so about a year ago, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, right? And and again, you know, you can say that's no big deal, or whatever. But similar thing where what I'm saying is a similar lesson I learned was that I just thought it'd be about my Achilles and that's it. And, uh, you know, it's no big, you know, but I can in some ways relate to what you're saying is, is that all these little things that I thought would be, I just never thought about. You just take it for granted. And then, and then you realize no, this is much, I got to relearn or figure out a way around this. Just, it affects your everyday life. And again, mm-hmm. not trying to com- compare, I'm just relating in some way, shape or form um, what you're what you're getting at. You had to relearn all these things that, you know, were, you, you probably, correct me if I'm wrong, took for granted six, seven months prior. Um, so what I was that like? I can't extend it, it must have been brutal. I mean, it's it it, it, <laughs> it it was not fun. It's just the, more a matter of look. You can't, you can't. You got to hop around. You got you can't drive for three months, so that affects mm. the family. And you know, it's it's just. Uh, but how do I get from one room to, oh to the other? How do I shower? You know, little things like that. Where it's like, okay, I used to, and even now, take it for granted, right? But. Um, it's so it my point is it it's bad enough that you can't see but it affects so many other things i i can imagine so what was that six months like was it i mean was it were there a lot of i'm sure there were ups and downs it wasn't just a straight line of progress is that fair to say well i mean it wasn't just i mean it was a struggle of course it was it was hard work um and there were plenty of times where there was just frustration 
and just aspiration. Um, especially like the, the, the hardest thing to learn is the, uh, orientation and mobility, uh, the using navigating with a cane. And, um, I remember, you know, like the, uh, the, 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 the virtual, like the, 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 the literal and figurative finish line was me being able to walk out like all the way from my, my room on the top floor, all the way down to the bottom of the, you know, to the, the ground floor, the, the hospital, mm-hmm. out the front door, down the, the, down the sidewalk in the street, across the street into the Fisher house, uh, where my family was staying. Okay. And, and if I could do that, I had enough, uh, independence that I could graduate the school, mm-hmm. but, okay. uh, I had to cross through a, a parking lot in, on the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not to mention cross the street, but wow. the, it was, it was a, there was one day where, um, uh, it was after, after working hours, everybody was gone and mm-hmm. I attempt, I attempted to do this on my own mm-hmm. and I walked into the parking lot, I got turned around and it's like the vast empty void of space. Wow. And you tr- you try to like even turning around and trying to backtack, you could be you even you know compounding the problem. Yeah, so and, you're just you're disoriented and you're alone. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm hearing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and 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 it, like I hate having uh, that that feeling of of helplessness. Sure. Yeah. Because I, of course, you know, I'm a bright, capable, capable person. Yeah. 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 And I'm just put in an untenable situation. Hmm. Right. And and, um, (laughs) there's plenty of other uh, episodes that were entirely comical. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, definitely a difficult time. Sure. um, Getting through. Yep. And so as we move along, because and again, I it, that's one of the risks with this this podcast is we we you know I, I don't want to act like this was a, again snapping the fingers and you know we're we're magically into abundance now. Uh, I it, it's a real struggle, and this is a lot of time and, and effort and pain and struggle and you know and and um, you know um, it, it's just real real hardship obviously but so then you um walk us through the next kind of the next few years if you would well for the next four years i'd uh we um relocated to to florida because i told the military they they asked me at walter reed they said where do you want to retire because obviously i can't be a bomb tech anymore um Mm -hmm. and i said i don't want to retire and it's like hmm. wait what why uh, <laughs> and i learned i learned about these other uh blind active duty uh personnel who were filling other roles uh captain scott smiley uh hmm. became a company commander for an all wounded uh unit transition unit that uh you know their whole entire job is getting getting well hmm. and um there's uh uh Ivan Castro who is a, a, a ranger army ranger who mm-hmm. uh went to special operations recruiting branch in Fayetteville North Carolina right 
So if these guys can stay on active duty, yeah. I can figure it out. Because <laughs> I love I love the military and I didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, send me down to the bomb school and I'll be, be an instructor. So I said in Florida. And for about a year and a half, I went through the medical board process as I was instructing. And um, in the meantime, though, uh, I also got into mountain climbing. So what I've I've done is because these other blind guys were doing incredible Mm -hmm. things, as soon as I could Mm -hmm. learn, as soon as I could learn how to uh, use my my, my phone, my computer, I was doing these uh, internet searches for blind plus outdoors blind plus so cool. anything yeah. so i could learn from others who i'm not gonna blaze yeah. new trail i'm gonna figure out how they're doing it oh yeah and, absolutely uh, just real quickly there are a couple of things i want to pull out there um one is that i completely agree why reinvent the wheel if you know if if someone else is doing it just follow what they're doing maybe you push the boundary in a little uh, one yeah. particular way that they're not or something but um but Secondly, and this is a bigger point for me, or at least I think for our listeners, is that you know we get into this thing where we say, "Don't compare to others." You know, don't compare yourself to others. It seems like that's a common thing these days because you know you don't want to feel bad about yourself. You're not you're not living up to the expectation or someone else's accomplishments or um, you know projection onto your life or vice versa. But I think what you're presenting is that this is a very healthy way of being inspired by others who you are comparing yourself to them because you're saying I'm in a similar situation or similar circumstances and they are doing all they they didn't just retire and they you know so I think it can be healthy and encouraging and inspiring to compare if you're using it in that in that context Ooh. so um it's just my two cents on that. So you, so you, you were inspired the only, by the yep. only people I compare myself to my my former self mm-hmm. and the, the future self I could be. Okay, and I lo- love how my let uh, says it. he's like mm-hmm. I am I am chasing the potential me, and <laughs> I, I am it. running every single day. I'm sprinting after that guy, and, there you go. and um, I only look to others uh, who whom I want to emulate. You know, sure. I only look yeah. to compare, to, to, to give you an example of what I could be. But mm-hmm. and, yeah, it's definitely yeah. self-defeating to, to, right. to actually balance uh, others' success against yours. Sure. It's just, yeah. move, as long as you're taking a, a action, you're executing, and you're uh, right. moving, moving your own ball forward. Yep. No, I agree with that. I mean, a comparison may not be the right, term but i'm hoping you know from this you know even from this episode someone can be inspired by by your story and look at what you've accomplished and you know maybe push themselves a little bit more you know to be an inspiration for others and serve others that's kind of the the point of the show yeah so i was i was looking at others uh like eric weinmayer he's uh the first blind guy to climb mount everest and i sought him out i went mountain climbing with him um, I, uh, one of my good friends is, uh, Lonnie Bedwell. He's the first blind guy to kayak the entire Grand Canyon. So uh, I, f- I found him. I went kayaking with him <laughs> and, and, and I was, I was, I was not just in, 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 of course, uh, Ivan Castro mentioned before as a mm-hmm. ranger, 
he's a he's a big runner. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the guy who talked me into. Um, <laughs> Somehow I got myself registered for four marathons and the Army 10 miler within like within the same four month span. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I never run anything for longer than a 10K. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> wow. But uh, part of this was, you know, learning how to be a, you know, a better me. Yeah. Or at least survive. Person. But part of it was also that terror of getting you know, getting sucked up by, you know, that, the, the opposite, like the, the getting yeah. you know, trapped by my disability, uh, stuck on right. the couch, feeling sorry for myself, becoming more a statistic and, yeah. and, and the terrifies me every day. And that's the way I get up and I'm, I'm, I'm chasing my potential me. I'm also running from my other potential me. Huh. That's, and, that's an interest. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, we're never just entirely static, right? You're either moving forward or backward. And obviously you have to slow down, rest. Everyone needs that, right? But mm-hmm. but I hear what you're saying. That's it's not only where you are headed, it's also what you're moving away from. That's in, that's interesting. Um so then then I know um you mentioned already to me that your you know, it wasn't just your your eyesight, it was also some real adversity with your hearing. Yeah. Um, would you mind uh, elaborating on that? Well, uh, for for four years after the injury, I was doing all this stuff, right? mm-hmm. uh, and I was I was I was running, mountain climbing, you know, kayaking. I was speaking across the country and telling people my story about mm-hmm. how I'm kicking blindness's butt, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, um, uh, due to complications with the blast, the the cracked skull and the the, the the leak of spinal fluid it mm-hmm. was supposed it was supposed to have been uh, patched but i guess there was either a small leak or it, it opened up again mm-hmm. and i contracted bacterial meningitis mm-hmm. and i was right right back in the hospital in 2015 and it nearly killed me uh, wow. but uh when i came out of my you know almost comatose stupor um mm-hmm. Uh, it, my um, hearing was was being stolen. It was like I was underwater and I couldn't. I was I was hearing something, but it was going away quickly. And mm-hmm. the doctors said uh, whether it was either the heavy doses of antibiotics or the bacteria itself was stealing what the bomb hadn't taken. And uh, my response was, "What?" um actually i asked the doctor said uh so doc what you're telling me is i'm never going to have to pretend to pay attention ever again <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice gotta get a legit excuse at this point um <laughs> i'm kidding but it's far from an excuse so okay so what so what transpired after that then? Well, besides uh, the hearing loss, I mean, like I got out of the hospital, I was totally blind and completely deaf. And it also took that uh, inner ear sense of balance, my vestibular balance. So I was in a wheelchair and wow. um, I was trapped. I was trapped inside my body. Like my entire world ended at my fingertips. Huh. It, it, 
and I was I was sitting at my my breakfast bar in the kitchen. Um, I did I had no idea what to do. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was you know those those same nasty thoughts that start creeping right. in my right. oh, my my demons. You know the the what ifs, the why me's. Like what mm-hmm. what. Why does this have to keep happening to me? Like, what have I paid my dues? Right. Sure. Uh, yeah, and, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I just honestly just, I mean, I, I don't know how that comes across, but it's just very difficult for me to, I, I think for most of us <laughs> who have not been through that, that's, that's. Uh, I think those would be completely normal thoughts and they're entirely understandable. Um, You know, so... That, that how how long were you kind of in that in that you know poor me state i guess at that at the, the second iteration of of serious adversity well i don't know why i did i wasn't i wasn't a very happy camper for a little while mm-hmm. um uh but it, it was again it was one of those things where i i had i was thinking about this like i I've been I've been preaching this thing, uh, mm. triumph through tragedy, you know, <laughs> success uh, because of struggle. All of this for four years, and now I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Huh. And it, it, it was it was it was literally like if I quit now, it'd be really embarrassing. But the truth was, uh, it, the other other thing is in. It's not as as glamorous as that. There's what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Like I can feel sorry for myself and just sit here, yeah. Or I could I could do something, right? And sitting around, and it sounded really boring, <laughs> and it it and in itself sounded very depressing. Sure. So I started thinking about what can I do? Mm-hmm. How yeah. can like, all of those? Uh, the talking computers and barcode scanners and my phone and all the audio books and everything silenced. Mm-hmm. I couldn't couldn't even get uh, input in. I just thought maybe it would have been a good idea to have learned Braille at the blind school, but mm. uh, <laughs> technology lazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, my my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, was actually literally like writing. Uh, Every letter of every word she needed to talk to me, say, uh, to convey in the palm of my hand. Wow. And I mean, it was tedious and frustrating. It was the only way I could communicate. So, That's, yeah. Wow. I, I did get up and I got back to work. I learned, you know, how to walk again uh, without my balance. And so you just I, had I, just I, kind of a permanent state of like vertigo with the balance or it's similar to their okay. vertigo we we, okay. we get our balance three different ways one okay. is the inner ear gyro right yep. and then mm-hmm. two is actually visually understanding our world in sure. relation to us and yeah. third way is in con physical contact with the got it the earth so okay. i'm i'm out too wow um but uh <laughs> as that's <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I don't mean to laugh at all. It, it's just you you clearly have a, a great sense of humor about about all this. And, um, you know, so I started <laughs> using um, I started using the uh, trekking poles uh, okay. yeah. that I've taken the mountains as one for balance. But I was also like feeling my way like in mm-hmm. okay. but I would 
I would use them just to go down the driveway, get my mail, come back up. And that would be exhausting. But mm-hmm. I would do I would do it and I would get better at it. And then I would go mm-hmm. down to like the neighborhood gate and come back. And mm-hmm. then I got on my treadmill in the garage and I would just hit the quick start and it would be like half a mile an hour. And I would just hold on to de- with dear life, you know, and I would yeah. just walk. And then I hit that little the, the speed up button. Beep, beep, beep. And I'll go a little bit faster. So you did, eventually, you, yep. eventually I was running again. Wow. So, I mean, you, you did what you could do and you focused on incremental progress. It sounds like, um, so, and, and again, as we, as we start to move toward, you know, the end of the show, I know there's a ton more to your story and we, we are, <laughs> I recognize that, but compare yourself now to at that point, you know, um, maybe just take the the running as an example how did you get from okay i can walk you know on a treadmill slowly to uh the race you just you just did which is incredible i mean how uh, how did you make that leap it was i'm always pushing myself to improve one was just to get off my butt mm-hmm. but but then there's there's fulfillment there's there's joy in accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then beyond accomplishment, there's like this Maslow, there's actually a Tony Robbins hierarchy of, of needs mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's personal needs. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to uh, feel like we have um, meaning. Mm-hmm. We need to accomplish things. We need, uh, uh, you know, connection with uh, the rest of our society, and sure. we need to. Uh, like the t- highest order of success is um, to give back, and I found mm-hmm. to contribute to society. Mm-hmm. And I found that if the more the more I can succeed. Mm-hmm. The uh, the more I can tell my story, I can I can. It's like a, a roadmap, uh, do a blueprint for somebody else's survival, and, yeah. and and so I continue to try my best to succeed, mm-hmm. fail and succeed, fail and succeed <laughs> over and over again. But yeah. I keep trying, and I'm like, hey, here's how I did it. It worked for me. Let me show you. That's that's awesome. That's truly inspiring it's 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 a great uh you're definitely setting a great example there's there's no question about that um so it's so i mean how was this on your you mentioned you you know your your girlfriend at the time uh but how how has this affected you know family life for you um what was what does that look like how's uh how, how's this adversity affected your family well, uh, it, it happened 11 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, so two of the boys weren't around. Sure. And the oldest has never known me um, mm-hmm. as a side of that. Uh, to, um, and I uh, only met, well, uh, only started dating my uh, wife mm-hmm. after uh, going um, blind and deaf. Got it. But um, one major thing is, you know, they haven't let me have a driver's license in 11 years. Uh, so <laughs> not, not that it sounds like you've tried. <laughs> it's a challenge. Um, yeah. 
Maybe, uh, maybe Tesla will figure that one out soon. <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, but uh, it everything's. I just, I just, everything's a puzzle. Everything's uh, uh, a um, a game, a challenge mm. to figure out. That's, uh, that's and good. and we mm-hmm. we we look at every every day as just something you know, like any any other family, right? Any mm-hmm. other business, any you know, any other group of people. We just try to figure figure out how the best go about our days and our lives. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. It's a puzzle. It's a challenge. It's, it's a game. Um, so let's get into your businesses a little bit. Just, just, uh, let's talk about your, it sounds like you have two primary businesses, right? That you're, that you're owner yeah. of. And let's talk about, talk about those if you would. Well, while I was learning how to walk again, um, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for this cochlear implant, uh, to be installed it mm-hmm. takes a long time it was it was almost a year before i could actually have a conversation with somebody uh wow. it was six months before i actually heard anything so mm-hmm. in that time um I, I, I tried to like those i was i was focusing outward and thanksgiving was coming up and since i love to, to cook just to be my profession decided to throw mm-hmm. a huge huge uh thanksgiving feast and we invented all, invited all sorts of people and, you know, family and friends and even some stranded EOD students from the, hmm. on the holiday. And nice. I started, I started cooking, um, weeks in advance. I started making desserts, cakes, pies, cookies, you know, like putting it in the freezer. And I started <laughs> making batch after batch of fudge. I mean, I was just like, this is, this was, this was a time when I was really having a hard, you know, hard, it was, I was really struggling with the, uh-huh. my, my new disability, hmm. but I started, when I started cooking, um, I forgot about it. You know, I, I was, I was, was focused on creating this, something wonderful for other people, giving them a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at that time, my, my wife, uh, noticed two things. One was, uh, a smile on my face. She hadn't, <laughs> she hadn't seen in months. And the other thing she noticed was the fudge was piling up. So um, (laughs) she started sneaking it out the front door. Like you have to be real stealthy around a blind deaf guy. And (laughs) uh, she she must have some, some ninja skills. (laughs) She she just, she was just giving it away friends, neighbors. And uh, Uh they start coming back and asking if they could buy some for like a party birthday. And the capitalist in me said, well, of course you may. (laughs) Um, <laughs> right. That turned into extraordinary delights. Um, so it was my, entirely organic. It wasn't like a really yeah, planned. I, thing. I had no ambition to become a fudge <laughs> business owner, <laughs> but it just kind of snowballed. Eventually, there was you know out in my garage there was the the the, the treadmill, the rower next to the uh, you know stationary bike next to a shrink wrap machine. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, and it, it, it soon soon we were we were doing corporate orders thousands of pounds and we we needed to expand That's awesome. uh, so uh after a couple of years of just building up uh, the brand and the business uh, mm-hmm. we st- we started having some success and mm-hmm. we needed to decide what we were going to do with um with the revenue and we decided to get into real estate we bought a few uh, <laughs> started with probably the, the worst idea uh ever for a blind deaf guy it was out of state from online auction sight unseen so to speak uh, 
and we were gonna <laughs> was we were gonna use um hard money uh-huh and, and of course it went just like you can imagine uh everything everything went wrong um yeah. first the first i put it the contract for the auction um in my own name and then okay. of course hard money you know the hard money so, lender yeah, didn't said, no so no, we no. had to do it we, we had to go all cash um, wow. And then, of course, the uh, renovation budget just exploded. <laughs> when, sure. yeah. um, thankfully, our estimates uh, were way off <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah. And and you know, it was it was this is two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, and the real estate market was just starting to really take off. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it survived. You know, they we survived our real estate. Uh, put us the you know, first project put us through the ringer, and then now we our personal portfolio. We have five units and okay. in in Akron, Ohio, um, both long and short term. We're about we just completed another renovation project there, and that's going to be another short term rental. Um, we have we're uh, uh, limited partners on a fifty two unit in North Carolina, okay. and uh, I've recently uh, started another business. Uh, flipping and wholesaling and, you know, picking up more for our portfolio in the Pensacola area with a hmm. fellow wounded warrior brother of mine, Daniel. That's awesome. Um, Cause you didn't have enough to do, right? You needed some, another business. Um, <laughs> so that is, that's super cool. So which of the three then, which, uh, which one is kind of drives your, your profits right now? um profits yeah <laughs> um yeah I it's, guess, it, the, yeah you know I'm, I'm being a bit sardonic but uh you know during the hot months um yeah. fudge sales kind of slump okay. uh um it, it just um because we take extra care to put it in you know like a cooler uh, with dry ice and mm -hmm. uh, of course the shipping costs are a bit uh exorbitant yeah but we are gearing up for the holidays and that's yeah. where where we really do make um the mm -hmm. most of the money for the year okay. uh we have uh, one project nearing completion. We're halfway through another project, and we're about to pick up our uh, another one, a million dollar flip uh, hmm. in wow. Pensacola. And so, uh, kind of seems like um, uh, <laughs> money is always gone. But uh, um, we we I did learn how to um, in these these you know these experiences have learned how to utilize private money and hard sure. money and uh it's not just ours uh, but uh i can tell you what it's amazing how uh well the akron short-term rental is cash flowing hmm. okay. it's amazing how well it's doing you wouldn't think uh because it's not not really like one of those vacation destinations sure yeah yeah um, so is it what is it it's business people or what who, what's your typical client profile you know, it runs the spectrum from family travel. There's there are three major hospitals there, so sometimes we get traveling nurses or sure. um, yeah. uh, you know patient families that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. There's uh, Akron University, and we'll get graduation you know family of the graduates that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of you know 
lesser like lesser known but known to the locals uh, mm -hmm. points of interest you know one mm -hmm. of the largest one of the largest uh um uh outdoor uh concert venues is like 10 minutes away uh, mm -hmm. in the midwest Interesting. Um, okay so, so what, um, it does really well that's awesome that's that's i mean and Real estate is a fantastic way to go. I think to, like you said, you you had some, you needed somewhere to put put your money. But it sounds like you're doing a little more than just parking <laughs> parking money somewhere. But, mm. um, uh, so what what would you say? Kind of looking back on you know the 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 adversity you have been through, what lessons have you been able to apply to your businesses? You know, of course, uh, in the military, it's all about teamwork. Yeah. Um, uh, even though I used to put the bomb suit on and I'd be yeah. the one guy that walked down range, I, I have to rely on my, my team, yeah. uh, my supporting elements, uh, you know, air, the people in the air, people, uh, you know, there's, there's so many elements and mm -hmm. so many resources at my disposal. I can't do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. So when I became blind and and then deaf, mm -hmm. I had to put that really to work uh, and ask, be able to ask for help, and sure. and build a team mm -hmm. uh, to to do just about everything. Everything turns into a team sport, even running. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, so I just turned that same team building skill into yeah. business. Uh, yeah. part with partnering uh with my sure. my uh, my friend to do mm -hmm. the the wholesaling and flipping um and, and you know I, I taught him i introduced him to real estate after mm -hmm. learning learning myself and mm -hmm. we we share duties um i you know yeah he does uh he's like the the, chief, the ceo and uh -huh. i'm the, like the chief pizza orderer um <laughs> <laughs> but uh um but it, everything there's you know we build a system sure. and and you find it you know, the, the whole who not how mentality yeah i love that yeah um was that uh dan sullivan is that right who not yeah. how um yeah. yeah that's a good good book for sure um no, i love that so as we as we uh start to wrap up here i i'm gonna fire off a few few rapid fire questions are you good with that sure let's do it um if you were given 10 million dollars tomorrow what would you do with it mm, i would uh take about 40 percent and um, invest 50 percent would go to setting up my family uh and and their comfort whether that be you know um retirement accounts uh home um whichever and then 10 percent to tidings okay i love it what's uh i'm almost hesitant to ask this one with you because it seems like you're not afraid to get uncomfortable but what's one area of your your life personally that where you need to get a little a little more uncomfortable right now what area of my life is making me uncomfortable which which area of your life should you 
get more uncomfortable? Uh, with, what part oh. of your life should should you challenge yourself in, in in the next, you know, the rest of this year? Let's say. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm addicted to air conditioning, and <laughs> uh, truth is, the truth is, I need to uh, do better at uh, developing personal relationships. So. Okay. Um, you know, my, you know, be a better husband, be a better, better father. Um, then, you know, my family and my friends, I need to reach out to them and find out what they're up to more. Yeah. I can, you know, I can relate focused to on, always yeah. focused on, you know, the challenge and sure. um, business and all that. And I think I neglected that. Yeah. I feel that way. No, I understand. That's, I can relate to a lot of that. Um, Okay, so this one's less about you personally, but what is one thing? I heard this on another podcast. I stole it. Um, what is one thing in forty years that people today will feel nostalgic about um, today? You know, so in forty years, what are people going to look back on that we have now that with with nostalgia? Um, standard uh, um, shifting. Um, or uh yeah you know, you know, uh standard uh manual transmission oh there you go <laughs> yeah i do uh, is it is it too is, is maybe how about physical books physical <laughs> books is a good one yeah i like that um that's uh actually yeah do you have a are you uh able to consume books or how does that work audiobooks i mean yeah. there's, there's there's a number of ways i mean like the audiobooks kindle i can mm -hmm. uh, there's so many awesome apps out there for accessibility mm -hmm. i can i can use my um uh phone's camera and just scan a page and it'll read it to me that's awesome and it's that's so still cool. still better uh because all all of those are like kind of the, the robotic siri alexa sure. voices so yeah, yeah. it's still better when it's audiobook yeah, yeah, because it's sure, right? Got it. Um, speaking of that, what do you listen to podcasts or anything? All the time, all the time. What because is, this thing is Bluetooth. Yeah. This thing is Bluetooth connected to my phone. I can, <laughs> I can, I can like read my mail in my pocket. Oh, I can listen to audio books. I'm, I'm always like, in, most of the time, I'm in the Matrix, and my wife has to come <laughs> over. I'm like. That's really interesting because you know we have that just in our home with just the the AirPods and you know, it's like my wife will get annoyed because I start talking to her you know and I don't realize that she's listening to her latest murder podcast not listening to my podcast but um you know in, in your in your case I imagine it's a little bit more challenging for for your wife to even know when you're when you're listening to something or not um, what what podcast do you listen to do you do you have a couple recommendations. I have, uh, I've listened to so many. I really love Mike Rose. Um, mm. That's the way I heard it. Um, mm -hmm. All sorts of real estate related, you know, bigger pockets. Um, sure. And lots of, uh, was uh, um, Hunter Thompson's uh, cash, oh, yeah. uh, cash flow, what was it? Creative yeah, cash flow? Yeah, yeah. Or, or capital just... raiser. Yeah. Um, I finally read his book. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, raising. No, oh, that's a different one. I, I did raise his, for, yeah, raising capital uh, for real estate. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, awesome. I got, I got, I love his uh, hundred 
topics um, idea. But okay. uh, um, I also love listening to, you know, self-improvement stuff. Uh, Lewis sure. House, uh, Tom Bellew, uh, okay. and just... They, these guys are are just crushing it in business and life and relationships and there's incredible great tips for yeah. um just you know have, yeah. living a better life absolutely i couldn't agree more you mentioned ed my and tony robbins and just just being exposed to that type of mindset even if you're not going to even if your your life looks different than theirs it's it's can be inspiring and educational uh I, I love it. So um, where can our listeners find you online if they want to reach out? Well, uh, I'm um, on all the major social media platforms. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier that Instagram is beyond yeah. me. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. you can find us at eodfudge.com and uh, at EOD Confections on all the social media pages. Fantastic. Um, Aaron, has there, is there any question you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked? I think we got through, uh, got through pretty much everything. Uh, what yeah. am I having for lunch? I don't know. <laughs> what's next? Good. I guess well, I'm thorough. Yeah. What's, what's next? For uh, you? I just finished, uh, 2000 kilometer virtual race uh over the last four months uh, what's next maybe a nap but um <laughs> right i'm running a, a in-person 100 miler back in my hometown of akron uh it's uh is it called the canal corridor 100 and it's all along the ohio erie uh canal towpath and i've done it once before two years ago and i can't wait to get back to it again that's in october that is so cool. And I mean, yeah, this is, you're definitely an inspiration. Um, you know, I just, uh, I, you've obviously been through, through so much. Um, but I, I just want to thank you for being, being vulnerable and sharing your story. And, uh, I really, um, hope the listeners get something out of this. I, I know they will. And, um, I would encourage everyone. I think I'm going to be ordering a lot of fudge for Christmas this year. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. My family yeah. thinks you. <laughs> there you go. Um, any any final thoughts for us, Aaron? Uh, just uh, I would recommend everybody uh, don't be afraid to fail. You know, that's how we learn. Success doesn't teach us anything. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. have been failing up my entire life and screwing up so many things. And, and hopefully I've learned a thing or two because, uh, you know, I do feel like a better person today than I, I was yesterday. So yeah. I've, I've got to be doing something. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm not afraid to take a risk calculated, but I'm not afraid to fail. Love I it. would recommend everybody else do the same. It's fantastic advice. It's yeah, you've you've dropped a lot of knowledge in this practical knowledge and you know, just uh it's been been excellent. So I really appreciate you taking the time, Aaron. I know I had to harass you a little bit uh here and there and and find you on multiple platforms. You are definitely you have a lot going on and you're an in-demand uh speaker and and um so I do appreciate you taking the time and and um 
best luck, best of luck to you with your multiple businesses. And um, thank you so much. Thank you. No, I appreciate the, the invite. Would, would you mind if I did a quick plug? Um, please, I don't please. know if you can see in the background here. There's a uh, black uh, apron. I have, yeah. Um, we have a really cool tactical apron that people can see me in uh, on our TikTok show, Aaron Hamlin's Cook Without Looking. Uh, but uh, uh, we have it for sale on our website, eodfudge.com. And yep. it'd be a great mm-hmm. holiday pickup. Now, if anybody's interested in uh, uh, combat cooking, combat cooking. So, eodfudge.com and uh, go to our apparel page and you'll see the um, combat apron. Awesome. Tactical apron. That's so cool. And then the TikTok, uh, what was the TikTok information again? Uh, at EOD Confections. Awesome. Yeah, I got to got to my daughter's on TikTok. I got to try to <laughs> try to get there myself. But thank uh, you so I'm much. I'm to it. <laughs> oh man, you've been uh Thanks <laughs> you, a lot, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. I really appreciate you taking the time. And speaking of time, I to our listeners out there, we we also appreciate you taking the time. Your time is a very valuable resource. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.